Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Metadata. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 208 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors. First, thank you to Text Expander for sponsoring our show. Communicate smarter with Text Expander. Gather, perfect, and share your knowledge. Recall your best words instantly and repeatedly. Learn more at textexpander.com forward slash podcast. And we'd also like to thank ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. In our last episode, we talked about personal knowledge management, and in an exclusive story, announced that the second edition of our book on collaboration tools is scheduled to be available in March. Tom, it's great to have signed off on the page proofs, isn't it? It is. In this episode, we want to take on the subject of news. In a world of algorithms, fake news, paywalls, and millions of news resources, how do you find and get the news that you want on a daily basis and tune out the news, and I'm using air quotes here, that you don't want to get? Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will uh, indeed be re actually revisiting a topic we've talked about in the past and discussing the idea of the daily me uh, and the best ways today to consume the news. Uh, in our second segment, we have an audience uh, question, or actually a co-host question that we're looking forward to answering. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first up, what is the deal with consuming news these days? Never mind that nowadays we have to be vigilant about the quality of the news that we read. Uh, there's just so much of it, and it's everywhere, and every app has it, and there's so many sources. There's so many different ways to consume the news, and I feel like keeping up with the news is harder now than it ever has been. Um, I guess, is that what's bugging you about the news, Dennis, these days, or is it something else? You know, I think just keeping up is, is one thing, but kind of gathering and consuming the news that you want in, in one place, one easy place, is, is for me the real difficulty. And I was thinking about this um, last Sunday morning when I was thinking that I know these people who kind of sit down with the Sunday paper and it's a whole ritual. And I was thinking about that and saying, oh, it'd be nice to do that, I guess, as I was looking through uh, the trends on Twitter to get an idea of what the, the latest news was. And I just felt that, you know, the newspaper thing is really unsatisfactory because I, you know, whenever I look at a newspaper, I feel like I'm reading 
today, what was on social media and, you know, in blogs and RSS on the, on the day before. So it was just that notion of going, what is there, is there like a one place that I can go to that would be like the experience of reading, you know, all the news that's fit to print, as, as they say, in, in, in one place. And so that, that was it. So the problem, I, like I said, with newspaper, newspaper sites, is it, they seem like they, they date really quickly. The, you have old news and and I don't know but you time but like all the newspaper sites to me are just like ad traps you know it's like you click here if you like you scroll down on your laptop you're setting off some video or going into some ad and it's like just a trap for the unwary and the next thing you know you're up against a paywall so that's so it was just frustrating I was like is there a better way to do this well, I'll say that almost all the ways that you've described are things that are really not acceptable to me these days because for a whole bunch of different reasons. You know, I, I, there's something about reading the, the morning newspaper. And, and, and when I think about that, I actually think about reading, um, you know, not necessarily my local news. Uh, the Dallas Morning News is not the worst paper in the world, but it's not also something that I would say has um, the stories that I would always want to consume. I want to keep up with the local news, and we'll talk about that a little more later. Um, but um, I don't have the patience anymore to read a, a physical newspaper. I don't know if that's a function of our, of our digital lifestyle now, but... Um, um, I would rather scroll through and get through headlines and then focus on the things that I want to read more about and, and dig into those stories. And you really can't do that with a paper anymore. And and to be quite honest, I don't spend a lot of time on either websites for major news outlets. And what I prefer and what I think we're going to talk about a lot during this session is this part of the episode, the segment, is um, I prefer to consume the news primarily in an app. It needs to be an app that just gives me the stories and that I don't have ads and that I can scroll through quickly. And, you know, that sounds a lot like Twitter. Uh, it sounds like a little bit like Facebook. It's For me, it's neither of those things. I really don't use either of them for news so much. We'll talk about Twitter in, in a little bit. I've got, I, I, I use that a little bit for news, but I don't use the, the New York Times app itself. I don't use the New York Times website or the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal or any newspaper, frankly, to, to do that. And, and I prefer to have some tool where I can just get to the stories and I want them to be stories that are relevant to me, that I can quickly get through and, and then consume what I want. And I, is that too much to ask for? I, I think I've got a, pr a decent mix of things, but I'm always open for new suggestions. Yeah, I just think it's. I, I think my mix is terrible at the at the moment, and, and so I was thinking about local news, which is sort of where we thought in uh, you know when newspapers went through their worst period was going to be where they potentially had um, the uh, the advantage to do something new and interesting, and that would be local news. Um, but it seems like newspapers have gone to sort of, you know, all these wire service articles and and stuff like that. And and so the notion of local news is difficult. I was, I was watching uh, the other night I was watching the local news because there was going to be an ice storm. And I just wanted to get the details. And it was just like tease after tease after tease. We'll tell you what the weather is going to be like in uh, 15 minutes after this. And then then. Uh, 
just to look at local news, there just wasn't much of it. In fact, the big story that they spent a couple minutes on was uh, El Camino in St. Louis, Tom. But it was a story of a, a woman in Texas who woke up one morning speaking with a foreign accent. and That was, a, that was an amazing story, by the way. And they spent two minutes on that. And I'm just like, well, look, surely there must have been something happening in St. Louis. but And it's, it's interesting that someone who was in a, at least some connection with a show business background, suddenly woke up with speaking a foreign accent. And I'm, I'm sure it's possible it could be totally true, but uh, it was a weird thing to see on the local news. Yeah, I think that local news is really the hardest, uh, the hardest uh, piece to, to solve. And it's, and it's because um, every, every metropolitan area has so many different news sources of probably varying qualities and varying styles and, and, and types of production of the news. Um, one, I'm hoping, promising new app that's that is being tested right now. I, I one of the apps that I use occasionally to to look at the news is just Google News. Uh, you know, I, I will talk. I'm going to talk in just a minute about how I use Google um, to bring me stories that are relevant to me, and I think it does a re- actually a fantastic job on that on my phone. But in general, um, I think Google News does a pretty good job of at least as good a job at, at as some of the news aggregators that I've seen at getting me the news. But the Google News app also has a local component to it. It's okay. It, it's it's fair. But they have just started to pilot an app called Bulletin um, in both the Nashville and Oakland markets that I'm really looking forward to because it's designed to have hyper-local news so that you should be able to download this app and tune in specifically to your area and get news uh, on your area that's there. Now, I guess the one thing is is that um, I, I feel like we're heading towards silos of news where you got to go to one app for this and one app for that, another app. So there's really right now not a good place where we can get everything in one, uh, all of the news we want in one app or one location. But um, I think it's a start. I'm, I'm intrigued, um, and I'm hoping for good things from Google's Bulletin app. I actually like that idea. So it seems to me there's a couple things that I want. Um, so when I, I, I want something that's on demand. So I've, I've grown to like the the uh, the crawl across the bottom of the screens on ESPN and on news, um, even though that also feels like it's not on demand because I have to wait for it to go around. And, if I, you and know, sometimes it's not even news, but that's beside the point. Right. Um, and then, then also I, I think you want to tailor and customize the news that we want. And that's where I, I think that we haven't seen as much progress as maybe we'd like. And I would just like to, it's like, I just like to have the, you know, the concept of like a dial or something where I can say, like, here are the things I want and let me tune those things in and, and, and tune out some of the, the other things. And so those are kind of the key things um, for me, so that the personalization, the on on demand, and then then some ability to to tune, because um, I think this whole notion of the old style of make you sit through commercials to run you through ad things to do the paywalls and stuff like that is just frustrating. Um, you know, when all you want to do is is get a little bit of information. 
Well, and so that that raises what I use on my on my Android phone um, for Android users, and I, and it may just be Pixel users. Uh, I can't remember if it's just unique to Pixel users or not. But the Google app actually has become very smart with the news that you want, and it's a little bit like how you describe. Um, it starts you out with a page, and it says, you know choose the topics that are of interest to you. And you can say things like, I'm interested in politics, or you can say, I'm interested in the Republican politics or Democrat politics or libertarian politics. Um, you can say, I'm interested in dramas, or you can say, I'm interested in um, Scandal or Grey's Anatomy or How to Get Away with Murder or those Thursday shows. You can be as granular as you want or as broad as you want. You can tell them what sports teams you're interested in. You tell them all the different things you like, and it starts to give you... Every day, I all I do is swipe, swipe from my home screen, swipe to the left, and I have a news feed of stories that I've requested and that I've asked for. Occasionally, something will pop in there that has nothing to do with with what I want, but there's a little menu bar at the top that says, "Please don't show stories either on this topic or from this source or any of that." You can filter that out, and Google will learn from you. And so, I frankly, that's one of my best sources for news. It tends to be a little more tech heavy the news heavy but uh, uh, then I but I find that it's a great way and I like the fact that it's learning I mean I think you're 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 gonna talk you may this may be the time to talk about the algorithm I think that there are ways that the algorithm could be better and smarter but I think that it is the future in terms of how it's going to deliver us the news yeah I mean when I wonder about the algorithms I they have great potential of course um, but you know it's it's a it's a slow process so when I uh, checked a news site and at the top of the recommended news for me was and I quote here waitress stiff on uh, a tip on a $735 takeout order then fired after she complained on Facebook. Uh, again, I, some people might find that interesting to me that I, I don't know what the algorithm was thinking there. I, no, I no. want to know what your search habits were that got you that story. <laughs> so, um, so I, I think there is this this uh, tailoring thing, and I think that algorithms over time will help us with that and the tuning. There's also, I think, this uh, this random thing and trending thing that is is very important because uh, and that has always been the criticism of the Daily Me. I would love to tune this to only the stuff that interests me and only you know read the stuff I agree with and that's probably not not a good thing in the grand scheme of things so I think um, I think more and more people go to, to Twitter and Twitter trending for like the really just now happening things and I think that was probably the case today when there's another uh, school shooting today and and I think that probably people learned what was going on or learned about it on on Twitter so I think there is that notion that with social media Twitter um, you get that sort of instant uh, uh, news and then you might get something that's a little more detail and maybe like a little bit of analysis in a short period of time on on a blog and then and and possibly in podcasts. 
You know, I'll say, I don't pay, I actually don't do that much review of Twitter trending, but I think you're right. I think that because Twitter has the ability to be so immediate um, in its delivery of the news, um, either by journalists or just by regular people, I think that actually that has the potential to be the place to go for breaking information. Now, I actually tend to use, I've been, lately, I've been um, using Twitter um to actually create lists of the the things that I want to see, and I've been a- actually using it more these days to follow um, technology tweets. Uh, and I've created a curated list of a couple hundred technology journalists and websites, and that's what I visit every day. And that's exactly the stuff I want to see. Not not every tweet is something I want to see, but at least it's on the same the topic that I want. Where um, if I just followed and looked through my regular feed with all the people I follow, I'm going to get a lot of noise and, and a lot of junk in there. And so this is one good way I think to get to that information. Yeah, I think it's the that that volume, you know, that uh, um, can be can be the problem. Uh, you know, the fire hose of information. You're just going like, well, um, I see this enough places. I guess it's it's significant. Um, so I so I think there that also though involves going out and doing some looking. So Tom, I I, I think in the past week on uh, on Twitter you you were talking about RSS um, in a positive way, and and the thing that we always loved about RSS feeds is the news just came to you, and and then you pick the stuff and you subscribe to it, and you got alerts and and those sorts of things. So I think that's that's another notion of news. Is there is a way that I can pull that and then I think that gets to where where you're going at times can I I pull what I want into one place so I don't have to look all over to these different places and we sort of have different ideas on this I to me it's sort of like a dashboard notion and that dashboard could be an app it could be something else um, I go back to the old, the old my Yahoo, um, you know, where you, where you just like pulled, it was just pulling headlines in from these different places. You go like, oh yeah, I, I like this stuff from the Washington Post. I like the stuff from the San Jose Mercury and give me like the three top headlines and, you know, I'll arrange it on a page and I just go to one place and I scan that and boom, it has up to date and there are links and, and I, I can drill down as, as I need it. Um, and and I could change those depending on what my interests were at the time, you know. So if we're going to travel, if, uh, you know, and then obviously you want to know the weather where you're going and things like that. So I like that. I would call it generally the dashboard notion. Um, but I think that uh, that's that's where I go. So, I, you know, my Yahoo I haven't used for a long time. Uh but I don't. I don't know whether you had used my Yahoo in the past, or you had an opinion of of that type of approach. Oh no! I always, always, always love the idea of the dashboard. I love to be able to pull up my computer in the morning, and there would be a dashboard of the latest news that I could quickly scan. That has changed, and the reason why I think the dashboard is sort of a relic of the past is because we're all mobile now. And most of these dashboards have no ability to transform to your 
tablet or to your phone. And so I think that whatever we use to consume the news, we need to be able, like you said, it's got to be on demand. And on demand is sometimes when we're sitting waiting somewhere outside or when we're traveling or wherever. And I think the dashboard doesn't really fit that because I think the ones that you've listed in here, and we'll probably put in the show notes, um, they're old sites and they, they, they still use old technology. But I, frankly, even you know our friends who do the Recommendo uh, newsletter, they recommended a a sort of a dashboard approach that I think it was called, I'm, I don't know how to pronounce it, it's H-V-P-E-R. I don't know if that is hyper, but it's a V instead of a, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it, it calls itself the one-page internet, and it is headlines from all the major news sites um, on the internet. It's a great, great, very comprehensive site. I don't have the time or the patience to go through that, and, and I think that, I, I, I still agree with you, I think RSS really is the way to truly tailor and customize the news that you get. What I'm finding out about it is that it relies on you too much. To, 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 it's both a good and a bad thing that's relying on you to do the tailoring because I found that my RSS feeds have blown up so big that I don't have time to read everything because I'm not able to 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 manage the number that I'm getting. I feel like I need to look at everything that I'm getting and it's all important and it really tends to take up a whole lot of my time. So, I you know, I've struggled now to do uh, RSS and I have to be honest, it's not my favorite way of consuming news these days. Yeah, I mean, I, that, so I think that's the attractive notion where you say, oh, I, wouldn't it be great if like on a Sunday morning I sat down with this newspaper and, you know, I ate a cup of coffee and I had a couple, you know, carefree hours where I could kind of go through these things, and that would be great. And and I I don't know whether that's a relic of the past, but it's sort of, is it such variance to what I think a lot of people find of you know, maybe thousands of of tweets, blog posts through an RSS reader, of uh, Facebook posts, other things that you kind of kind of scroll through and you would like to say, well, uh, that's that's just a lot of stuff and that if I'm just looking at what I find in one newspaper, that's a pretty limited uh, you know slice of, of the world. Um, and so, you know, you're trying to figure out some, some kind of trade-off there. And, and there is that notion, I guess, Tom, we always talk about curation, where you love to find the perfect curator for, for you, whether that's automatic or, or a human who does that. And there, there are some things out there. I, I was just a uh, f- friend of ours uh, told me about a, a, an app called A Company, which uh, does some summarizing of, of uh, you know, people you're going to meet and, and news items and things like that that can be helpful, almost like a little briefing app. And so that sort of approach is interesting to me. Like, well, wouldn't it be great if I had my little daily briefing of the news updates? It would take me five minutes or ten minutes to read every morning. That'd be great. Um, I tried that with Alexa a little bit. Alexa News is another approach where you go like, oh, if I like audio, maybe I can just go to something like that and have the news read to me or, you know, excerpts from different news sources uh, played for me in, in the morning. So there are a number of things out there. I just don't know how satisfying they really are. 
Well, I have to say, I really like the daily briefing that both the Echo does and Google Home does. And you can, it's got a whole bunch of different sources that you can pull from and it can read you the headlines in sports and business and all kinds of stuff. I, I think that's valuable if you want to consume news by listening to it. I know that you listed in our notes um, the email newsletters. Um, I, I understand that newsletters are making a comeback and that they're more popular. I still can't I still can't really get into the whole newsletter um, phenomenon. I, I, I appreciate it, but um, you know, I, I know you're kind of uh, one of those who's kind of interested in, in newsletters, even though you can continue to say that email is dead, uh, but yet you're interested in the, in the newsletter uh, aspect. But um, no, there's a bunch of different ways that don't require RSS, that don't require apps um, that can come to you by email or by audio and, and a bunch of different ways to, to consume the news other than that um my two and uh, here here are two other things that i really love to use to consume the news um uh, one of them and i think i've mentioned it before on this podcast and it's an app that a lot of people use is flipboard i i I used it at first when flipboard came out i then stopped using it and now i use it actually a lot more now because they've they've changed it they've added the dreaded algorithm and and trying to make it smart for you but it really is smart it's something that that i think i'm getting news that really is stuff that i'm interested in um and it's in different pages it's a well-designed app i really like it a lot um i will say though that the app that I open every single day to read from uh, is Nuzzle. Nuzzle is an app that um, connects to your Facebook account, it connects to your Twitter account, it connects to your LinkedIn account, and it displays stories that your friends talk about. So it's relying on your friends to curate the news for you. So when I open it every day, the news that I'm seeing are, is the news that is important to the people that I follow on one of those social media sites. And I tend to find that the quality of those stories is better or at least more relevant or more interesting to me than I would find otherwise. So it's another way to do it. I think it's a really interesting uh, model that they have, and, and, it, and it works personally for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that that points out that there is this really personal aspect of it. So from the user interface, you know, because as you mentioned, if you go back to the to the Internet start page notion, the My Yahoo uh, notion, typically those were three columns and, you know, all these headlines. And to imagine reading that on a, a phone is just really, really oh, difficult. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Nuzzle, I understand the potential of it. It's, it's been a consistent disappointment to me. Uh, so, you know, so it's just sort of like to each each his or her own, you know, on, on some of these things. So I think it's a it's it's a really interesting area and one where I I'm always uh, would like to learn from our listeners uh, what it is that they use, what they've what they've found that that helps them uh, address this problem, because I think that uh, I do it, uh, you know, by going to a, using a bunch of different resources, but it seems incredibly inefficient. So um, it'd be great to get suggestions from our listeners on that one time. Yeah, no, I think, um, I, I think, and let's maybe find a way to wrap this segment up by maybe saying, what do our listeners use? You know, I'm always on the lookout for new ways 
to consume the news. In fact, just tonight, before getting ready for this podcast, I found a new RSS reader. I've been still trying to find one that 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 has everything that I want, and I'm always up for looking at new ways. So uh, you know how to get in touch with us, so we're going to talk about it more, how to get in touch with us. We've got a, a hotline that you can let us know, but uh, I think uh, I think uh, if you could, could, could contribute your uh, thoughts, maybe we can uh, bring some of those ideas onto a B segment uh, in the future and talk about this a, a little bit more. So before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. Text Expander helps you communicate smarter. You get home from an event where you've met some potential clients. You create a Text Expander snippet with a follow-up message, use fill-in fields for the contact name and custom topic, quickly produce personalized emails to everyone by expanding and filling in your snippet, share your snippet with colleagues, and everyone gets done faster. Visit textexpander.com forward slash podcast for 20% off your first year. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mall Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. Well, Tom, you're uh, one of the co-chairs of ABA Tech Show this year, and I don't know whether we'll have another episode come out before Tech Show. I suspect that we will on our current calendar, but I thought we might take the B, the B segment and uh, let you fill the listeners in on what's happening with Tech Show uh, 2018 and uh, what you're excited about. Yeah, no, very excited about Tech Show this year, and and you're right. I am the co-chair with uh, this year with Debbie Foster. We are both past chairs of Tech Show, so whatever possessed the two of us to come back and 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 uh, chair the the conference again is probably a topic for um, another day in a in a place that serves adult beverages. But uh, we are both having a great time uh, working with the planning board to get it ready. Uh, they've done a lot of hard work. Uh, a couple of the things that are interesting this year is we're a new venue. We've been in the uh, We've been in the, the, the Chicago Hilton for uh, 10 years. I, in fact, when I was chair 10 years ago, that was our first year in the Chicago Hilton. We're moving to the Hyatt this year. I think uh, it's amazing what a property can do for a conference. Um, you wouldn't necessarily think about that, but uh, the fact that the educational rooms are so close to the vendor floor that you can kind of go right back and forth without a lot of walking is great. The vendor floor uh, in, in, in past venues felt like a, a dungeon and uh, our vendors weren't real happy with it. Uh, this vendor floor is is very open area, and it's all one space, and it's it it feels really really nice. It's going to be a, a good venue, I think, uh, for 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 this type of technology conference. What I think makes um, we're as usual, we're bringing all kinds of great 
technology content and educational content for lawyers. And we've got, uh, you know, the very practical, our core production tools. Uh, we've got uh, sessions on litigation and e-discovery. We're, we're obviously, we want to try and keep ahead of the trends. And so we're talking about AI, we're talking about blockchain and those types of things. Uh, but we're also doing our very best to get lawyers talking about the things that they're actually doing right now in their practice, how, how to market your practice using technology, um, how to improve processes in your in your firm. Uh, one of the new areas that we're adding this year is a, is a track that we're calling Beyond the Tech, which actually doesn't really have a lot to do with tech. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about uh, um, how to disconnect from technology, how to take a break from work, um, things that are more law practice management related, but they're not so much technology. So uh, we think it's going to be, uh, I think, a, a, a fun year. We're going to have a, some different things. Uh, we've got a lot of new people coming this year, bought a lot of new speakers, a lot of new attendees so far. It looks like it's a, a, a good group of new folks that are coming in. Um, and we're really looking forward forward to the show this year. Dennis? So I assume that your uh, the tech show is, is uh, continuing its tradition of uh, new and, and diverse speakers? Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, we're, our, our goal is always to bring in at least one third new speakers each year. And this year, I believe we have close to 40% new speakers. Um, over 50% of the speakers are female. Um, we have a fairly good diverse crowd otherwise. Uh, and I think probably somewhere in the range of 60 to 65% of our speakers are lawyers. Uh, we, we, we want, we've, we've always thought that this was a, a conference by lawyers for lawyers. That's changed somewhat over the years. We've, we found that there are folks who can come in and, and, and who are not lawyers and, and they get tremendous ratings and they're very good at speaking and, and, and getting points across. Um, but uh, we're also proud to say we've actually got lawyers coming in here who can walk the talk and talk about the technologies that they use in their practice. So uh, I think we're, we're, we're really pleased with the mix of folks that we've got for this year. So we think it's a, a good mix all the way around. So for somebody who's on the fence now about Tech Show, what, what, uh, what should push them over to, to coming? I'm sure there's still room for people to sign up, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's, we, we've got, we, we, the more the merrier. I mean, I think that if you've never been to Tech Show before, uh, coming to Tech Show once is sort of, I, I think it's a no-brainer. If you're listening to this podcast, then you ought to be coming to Tech Show. Uh, at least to see what the big deal is. You may not come every year. I know some lawyers who say that they learn so much in one year that they need a year or two before they can come back and learn more. Um, that's not an uncommon response that I hear. But um, it's it's not just about the education. It's about getting together. I know Dennis and I were talking before, and the, both of us, we, we find it difficult to actually get to the educational sessions because we're spending time talking to people and networking. And you're going to find people at tech show who have the same who are addressing the same technology issues that you're addressing that you're dealing with in your own practice and we have lots and lots of opportunities for you to meet with people to talk to them to go out to dinner and socialize with them um, and it's um, it's just a great overall experience that uh, that that you've got to at least try once and um, I, I think I think if you try it once you're you're hooked and you're coming back year after year so I say if you're still on the fence this year give it a try this year come and find me and say hello tell me what you like or what you don't like about the show um, with, and even if you've already registered I still want to see a tech show so come up and uh, and let me know that uh, you've been listening to the podcast and uh, tell me what you're thinking about the show 
You know, and it's it is actually a great way for people to to meet the two of us in person because we're really accessible. I think that uh, I, I think it was last year we, we had that uh, one of our listeners had the funny comment that we sounded exactly like we sound like on the podcast, which was which amazing. Was, amazing was kind how of that fun. works. It's, yeah. it's amazing how that does work. <laughs> Uh, but now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. So I have lately gotten into the habit of giving tips that I have to either walk back or be careful about when I give them. And this may turn out to be one of one of those tips. Um, but I'm really intrigued about a service like this. It's it's and it's called service. Um, at getservice.com. And the notion is um, that, um, that it's a service that can, uh, uh, that, that, that continually monitors both your airfare and your hotel reservations. If they notice that there's a better price for your hotel room, it will actually automatically rebook it and send you the difference in the fare. Um, it, it, it does, it reminds me a little bit of TripIt. Uh, I, I use TripIt a lot to manage my itinerary, to keep my travel itinerary together. Uh, and, and one of the things that this service requires is that you, you give it access to your Gmail account so it can monitor for when you make reservations and it's reading those emails to keep track of them. Um, you know, if, if you, if, if, if that type of privacy is an issue, then get services, probably not, not the service for you, but I'm giving it a try. It, it's, uh, it's $50 a year or 30% of whatever they recover for you. Um, and I, I've gone for a yearly subscription. I've decided I'm going to try it for a year, see what happens, see if I can save money, see if they can book me on, uh, on better rooms or if I have problems with my airlines and they can uh, they can get me either vouchers or, or, or miles in exchange for that. Um, so I'm interested in that to, because I think that the, we're headed this way with a lot of travel services is that they're monitoring things and trying to trying to go out there and make travel a more um, uh, satisfying experience. So I'm interested in, in how that works out. I will come back later to give you a report on how it worked out. So for my tip, I'm revisiting uh, something I've mentioned before. I'm, I'm always, I've been experimenting with the number of ebook, audiobook services. And so one I, I tried is uh, Scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D. And it was, to me, it's one of these things that sort of bills itself, uh, or people bill it as a Netflix for, for books. And you got, for eight ninety nine a month, you got uh, three, you got credits for three audio, or three ebooks and one audio book. And I really liked it because great selection, really current stuff. And then uh, in the past week or so, uh, they went away. They moved away from the credits model to. Uh, so as I understand it, you can now get unlimited uh, books with your subscription. Um, still, some of the details I'm a little bit fuzzy on, but I was quickly downloading uh, books that I wanted, and it seemed like there wasn't a, a limit on that. So um, if you're looking for a way to to get ebooks, uh, audiobooks on a, on a regular basis without going out and, and buying each one, uh, then this, uh, especially on some of the hard-to-find ebooks, this is... Uh, has been a really good service for me, and this new change in the in the business model or the pricing model um, is is really interesting. 
And so that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on the Legal Talk Network site where you can find archives of all of our previous podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Twitter. uh, And we've got that voicemail for questions for our B segment. We really like it when you send us questions. We like to be able to feature them. And I think we're going to have one for the next podcast that just came in. We're looking forward to that. That number is 720-441-6820. That is 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.